Adam, hey, I'm sitting here uh, thinking about what happened today. What we did, we had clients that were talking about and we were helping coaching them on transitioning their company from one generation to another or to the same generation with a couple of brothers. But, uh, hey, you know. Did you say, to, you say transmission, like in a car? Kind of like it. Transmission, transition, the same thing. Spelled a little differently, but it, it's, no. It's so it's multi, multi-syllabic <laughs> words get, get people confused. That's correct, though. <laughs> hey, anyway, I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my long-term business partner, Adam Sunhalter. Fifteen years we've been together doing this stuff, the stuff being coaching for small businesses. We're business coaches, and we deal with companies from 1 to 25 employees, any kind of industry makes no difference. Chances are very good. We've covered the industry that your company's in, and we've helped the owners do some great things. So here we're tonight, or we're here tonight. Here we're tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little tongue-tied tonight. That's okay. But we're here tonight to, to talk about transitioning businesses. And what we do, we pull those from the annals. I knew that word was coming. Annals, I was waiting for it. Annals of our of our <laughs> small business coaching experiences and we try to make them current. And we're currently uh, working with uh, three companies, four companies that basically is going are going through a transition. And uh, when we talk transition, we aren't talking about the lawyerly CPA stuff, although we touch on it and recommend, but we're talking about the actual transfer of power, if you will, to that little company and all that's affected with that and how it's done. And most people don't cover that, certainly not like we do. We've had great success. But anyway, Adam, what do you think? Transitions. Transitions are, are good things, are common things. And I want to take, a, take just a second, Jack, to, to welcome everybody to, to the Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We have our day jobs as Maximum Value Partners as business coaches, but then at night we put on our, our masks and our capes and come in here to the studio uh, once a week to, to be the co-host here of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And it's been almost two years. That's hard to believe as well. And as you said, Jack, we're sharing stories. These are real-time, real-life war stories about what kind of goes on in business and different ways to handle and approach these things. And we know week to week there tend to be certain themes that come up. That's part of what we'd like to do is share those on the show here today. And, and as always, you're, you're welcome to be part of the show. If you want to call us, we're here live in the studio every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. And you get us. Uh, Sean's back on the board this week, so if you call in, Sean will be uh, screening out your call. So if you've got some is. good stuff to talk about and want to share... Um, either if you're going through a transition, you've been through a transition and want to share that, please give us a call, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. And uh, we'd love to hear, hear from you. We have, as Jack said, several uh, of these going on right now. We've had, we've had dozens, probably almost hundreds of, you know, over the 15 years of doing this. And we've seen, part of what we're going to highlight tonight is some of the, what we'll all call common kind of false starts that happen. Whenever you're, you're dealing with a transition, there are lots of false starts that happen. So for those of you who are football fans, you know, you're know you probably pretty familiar with, with what a false start is. And those happen in football, whether it be at the peewee level or at the high school level or the college level or the pro level. For those of you who aren't as familiar with that, you know, uh, picture the, the football team being like your business. And there's a lot of planning that goes on. In fact, there's tons of planning that happens as part of football. You know, Between the games, even during the games themselves, they have these little huddles that happen, right? And they put a play together, and everybody gets ready to go, and they all line up. And then what happens is somebody on the offense jumps soon, right? Too soon. Hey, we're, you know, we're going to go on 
you know, on two or three huts and somebody goes on the first one, right? So, hey, we got to stop and go back five yards. We have to, you know, kind of take a step back. It's a very good visual to understand what happens when a transition goes on because there are, there are usually a number of false starts that can happen. Many. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, part of the challenge that we've seen, Jack, is that a lot of folks will hit that first false start, that first hurdle, and they'll kind of stop or, they, or, or things kind of fall apart. And a lot of those tend to happen um, internally where because it, it's a very, very emotional thing. So if you had started a company – Chances are pretty darn high that when you were starting the company, you had no thought or idea, certainly no plan for the eventual exit, for how you're going to transition this thing. You're trying to figure out how to get this thing started, all up the, and running. All the advice from the conventional sources say have an exit plan when you start your company. But you're right. Nobody does it. Not nobody, but Almost very few nobody. people. Yeah, very few people. Especially the, the, the companies we're talking to. Because, again, if you're going to go talk to a venture capital firm or, or a private equity firm, they're going to ask you what, you what your exit strategy is because they want to make sure they can get out of it here in the next five to seven years. Right, but, and they'll drive that home, right. Yeah, but if you're starting something and you're, you're working for somebody and you want to get your own thing kind of started, you're trying to figure out how do I get the thing started, how do I find customers, how do I price my product or service, all the stuff that relates to getting the thing up and going. And then here you are running the company for 10, 15, 20, you know, 30 years, and you're thinking, okay, well, this has been a great ride and, and we've built something very good here. You know, I've got now eight employees where, you know, day one I had zero. You know, what do I want to do? You know, I just want to just kind of, leave one day and turn the lights off and say, hey, folks, it's been great. Uh, now, have a nice I wanna, life. I want to transition this company. Well, how do I do it? How do I transition? You know, there, there's uh, the, simple, the simple common phrase we hear often is, hey, I'm going to transfer this or transition my, my company to my son. Well, what's your, what's your game plan for doing that? Well, he's going to follow me around for six months. He's worked in the company a couple of summers. And that's all he has to do is follow me around, and he's going to learn in six months pretty much everything he has to learn. And I'll be basically uh, on call once I transition it to him. Now, we know, we, because of our experience, know very much so that this isn't usually going to work. And it doesn't work because the variables, just to start with that, that are encountered in the next six months, may not ever come again in the company, or they may, but in a random uh, basis that really doesn't have a lot of heft to it, if you will, to really teach and get comfortable with the son who's going to take over the company. So how do you do it? You basically create a plan, have the son create a plan, which touches on the, the essence of business, which uh, if you look at our website, it's called The Seven Keys to Success. And ultimately, the last one is presenting. So just stop and think about it. One, one course of action would be to have your son follow you around for six months and do whatever it is you're going to do and assume that he's going to learn everything he has to learn or she by doing that. Or have your son or daughter present a plan for running this company once you're gone and literally physically present that to you to the point where you're, you're seeing the logic, you're seeing the thinking, you're seeing the confidence or lack thereof, you're getting a good assessment of what that, what that son or daughter is all about and the likelihood of her or his success in taking over the reins of this company and running it. And unless you have that kind of 
of plan in place, your your success is very limited. It it just doesn't seem to work in our experience of hundreds of companies that we've uh, coached. You need a plan, and you need to have the 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 person taking over the company to basically present to you and convince you that they're ready to take it over. All right, so wait a minute. You're telling me. Yes, I am. <laughs> you're telling me the Wildcats rule and go blue? Wait, no, you're not telling me that. Mm-mm, no You're way. telling me that the osmosis approach, that's what you're talking about, Jack. The You're right. Hey, kid, follow me around for the next six months. Uh, for osmosis, for all you St. Ed's grads out there, that's kind of when, when things just magically get from one person's brain to the next. Oh, wait a minute. He, he took two swings, two swings at St. Ed's already. And it's only, well, I took one swing at Ed's. I was, just, I was saying good it. things about Ignatius and you know, not so good things about Ed's. <laughs> so you know, it's the osmosis approach where, again, for, for, for many of those in, in college, you know, cramming for, for an exam and you, you fall asleep on your book, you know, studying for something, you're hoping – Hey, by just by put, pressing my head against that book, that knowledge will somehow transfer from the book into my brain, right? Wait a minute. Is that why so, all those little red spots are on the foreheads <laughs> of those Ignatius guys? <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. Because right, right. they perfected the osmosis approach there, Jack. It's good. <laughs> they did. So, so unfortunately, that does not work as well when it comes to the transition of the business by simply just following you around and trying to do what you're going to do. Uh, it doesn't really work very well. But it's a it's a common approach and it's you know it's one of the common mistakes. It's, it's common because it's easy and it's it's on the surface seems very logical, but in reality it's it's pretty useless you know overall. Just well, to, you know. Well, you know, I, I think part of what drives it too, Jack, is I think a lot of the owners that we meet tend to be very humble, and so they will often underestimate the complexity of the business what they know, what they've learned in their 20 or 30 years of running the company, and the ability for somebody to come in, usually a big, hey, you know, that, that that next generation is much better equipped than I was to do this. You know, they, they, they may have a college degree, Jack, or, you know, they're, they're much smarter than I am. And so they, they, they almost kind of minimize the complexity of what they do and what they know or take for granted that, you know, they've learned a lot of these things over the years and forget where they were on day one and also forgetting – or not forgetting, but not realizing it's a very different company to start a company from scratch versus stepping into an existing company oh that now God, has yes. employees and customers and you're, all kinds of other things that, so right. that are part of it. So we see a lot of common challenges or, or a lot of potential places where false starts can happen. And part of what we're going to do in, in today's show is we got we have several examples of this of, of different false starts that have happened, and you know by no means you know are we saying that you can avoid all these. The question is to start to part of it is, is recognizing that, that these are part of the process. It's rare that you can go through a transition process that's not going to have again some of these false starts. It's a question: How do you start to move through these, and how do you maybe avoid some of them, or maybe to help push through them faster? And not necessarily repeating some of those mistakes, because often you can get you can get those false starts, and you, you can get into a down, downward spiral where it just stops things. Well, hey. so often that's the case, Adam. You know, and and lacking Two a plan, minutes. lacking the experience of ever being through one. How in the world do owners make a transition? You know, they do what they know how to do, and that's a, a fundamental fundamental premise here. You do what you know how to do. So if you've never transitioned a company, 
How are you going to do it with your son or daughter or whoever you're going to transition it to? How do you do that? Well, most people will try simple logic, and that doesn't always work. It's got to be deeper, a little more comprehensive than that. And that's what the plan is, and, and that's how you ultimately have a successful transition. Have your son or daughter ultimately present that plan to you and convince you that they're ready to take over the company. And if nobody well, can plan, then we're going to have trouble. Well, one of the things, that you, the way you're talking is, is very calm and cool and collected, and you used a word one minute. that I want to touch on as we're heading to break here, Jack, to kind of tee up for the next segment, logic. Logic. And Correct what we're talking that. about here is a very emotional topic. And when you put logic and emotion together, it can be very explosive. Hmm. Create a toxic environment. A big part of what we see is a lot of that emotion slamming up against the logic. Did you just smash your microphone? I did. Oh, it sounded like is it. Is that good? Oh, yeah. Is that a good effect for you? All right. Yeah, that's good. That's good Good for uh, explosive, that word explosive. There we go. All right. So we're going to touch touch on some more of these stories or some of these stories that have come back in terms of these false starts, these roadblocks as part of transition. How do you avoid them and kind of push through them? So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. Stay tuned for more <laughs> Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. All right, we're back and live here in Willoughby, Ohio, here on a beautiful Wednesday evening, early spring. Getting ready for baseball season to kick off tomorrow, Jack. That's a, another sign of spring coming. It's fantastic to do it. We're glad you're here with us. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, you're always welcome to call in at 440-946-9468. Mm, who are you? I'm Adam Sonhalter. Who Hello, are you? Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini. And this is a beautiful summer. Oh, no, not yet. It's springtime. Still have a little bit of winter hanging around, but uh, that'll go away pretty soon. And the drive to Willoughby will be more than wonderful. <laughs> All right, so we're talking tonight about transitioning and how do you avoid some of the pitfalls, some of the roadblocks, some of the false starts when it comes to business transition. And let's start with, you know, Jack teed up very well in terms of getting a plan kind of pulled together. We, we kind of debunked the myth that using the osmosis approach to kind of have somebody follow you around for six months and kind of do what you do, not necessarily a, a good plan for success. One of the big false starts or one of the big roadblocks we see early on when it comes to, to a transition is when you have the individuals who are involved, they become too focused on themselves. What do you mean by that? Focused on themselves. Right. Shouldn't they be focused on who should they be focused well, on? Well, they're one of the parties that's involved in the transition. So you have yourself, you have the folks you're transitioning the company to, and you have the company itself. So those are three key parties to kind of keep in mind as far as what's kind of going on. And so we had a we had a prospect recently that we were talking to about a transition plan going on. And the conversation was going along really well. And you know, part of our initial discussions with, with prospects, you know, it's, it's to get to know each other to a certain extent. And there are certain questions that Jack and I will ask to kind of get a sense of somebody's coachability. And we're trying to make sure that it's a good fit for us or else we don't even start. So, you know, there's, there's no point in starting something that we don't feel is going to be successful. And we ran into a roadblock on this part 
where we talked about because the the, the 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 prospect was asking us about whether whether we'd be advising him or the other person oh, or how, how's that going to work and we said well actually we're going to be advising and working for the best interest of the company which has in mind your best interest too but it's got to all kind of work together well he was yeah he is a principal with a partner and he in effect wanted to cut his partner out of the discussion and strategizing here i mean it was kind of a a silly a, a, a silly proposition at least it was to us the way we coach but uh, yes. Yeah, I think it, yeah, part of it, he was still in the process of kind of searching, not not knowing what he wanted per se, but having a need of all. If I were to, and, you know, and he believes, and he, you know, he 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 came through a a referral, have you know, have some folks in common, folks that that that, that we are that, that we're currently coaching, that coached in the past, that was able to talk to. So you know, again, that as we talked, there was some good chemistry there. He has a sense that we we can be very helpful. But all of a sudden, there was this roadblock of, "Hey, well, who's going to be advising me?" And it's like, you know, and this was just, you know, this is one example of it. this. This happens a lot. This happens with, with another client we have where uh, we've got some parents involved and, and kids transitioning it, and and the parents are more worried about themselves and what's kind of going on. And, I see what and, you mean by focus on me. Yeah, and, right. and, and, and okay, it, it can be a tremendous, tremendous roadblock. And so one of the things that, that, that we do very early on is we try to, you know, a, a, a big part of how Jack and I are able to, to, to provide guidance is, first of all, we have to make sure that everybody understands why we're there. And we aren't going to necessarily pick sides, per se. We have to get to know each person or each, you know, each of the parties individually a little bit. They get to know us. We start to build trust that way. So we can have some very good discussions and be able to frame discussions, be able to facilitate discussions. Because, again, as, as I was going to break, we were talking about the whole logic versus emotion part, Jack. And this is where it can become very, very combustible, very explosive, where, you know, I say one thing, it'll just trigger you, and bam, you're off. And it has nothing to do with maybe what I said, but that may trigger other thoughts you have, or it goes back to a discussion that maybe we had months or years ago, or, you know, who, who knows, it could be something that, that, that was in your life at a different point. It has nothing to do with the current situation. You're right, all but, that pent-up frustration, all yeah. that, yeah, and, uh, uh, it all comes out. Well, right. and what'll happen is all of a sudden we aren't communicating. You know, I'm talking, you aren't listening because your mind's somewhere else or vice versa. Or we're talking over each other, Jack. or whatever. And so a big part of what we do is help to make sure we, we hear what's kind of being said. We'll reinforce things a different way. We come in with a very calm, cool, collected approach. can be forceful at times, but again, not emotional because we aren't emotionally involved. We're very objective. And we're also very experienced with this. You know, we've been involved in, in, in so many situations that, you know, we've seen all the possibilities are here. So we can lay out. Here are, again, try to provide some logic to it. We'll, we'll, we'll push back some motion with, with, with the motion to kind of calm things down. We said, look, here are, here are some options, folks. And there, and there isn't a, a right way. People often will look for that playbook. Hey, give me the, the 10 steps to make sure this is going to happen, Jack. And it's like, well... Again, each situation is going to be a little different because what's important, it's important from an individual standpoint to understand what you're hoping to get from the transaction. So if you're trying to sell, there's certain things that, that you're looking for. If you're, if you're trying to buy, there's certain things you're, you're looking for. But at the end of the day, the, the one thing that brings it all together is the company itself. And if the company is going to do well, this is something we, we, we preach and coach all of our clients on, even when it's not a transition, is if the company is going to do well, it's that old phrase that all bolts will rise. And so the company's doing well. The individuals who are part of the company are, are, are going to do well, too. That's true for a transition. If the company's successful and doing well, it's going to benefit the current owner and the future owner. 
as well as everybody who's involved as part of the company. Well, that's what we use on all our, our coaching assignments. Uh, we, we use that focus. You know, the focus has to be on the company. If the company starts to, to uh, you know, lose, lose its focus, then things are not going to work out. The money isn't going to work out. The infighting is going to start. All kinds of negatives. And, you know, it, it, it can be a long, lengthy process. It isn't a quick fix. Even if the son or daughter, whoever is going to buy the company or transition, you know, to that person, it, it takes some time and it takes some experience. It isn't a quick fix at all. And, you know, it, it could be so rewarding, but it is a very difficult, it can be a very difficult process. And many people who are going to transition a business will talk to their lawyer, talk to their CPA, and, and that's okay. I mean, it, it certainly makes sense and, and there's a time for that. But the day-to-day -day operation, the understanding of the nuance and all the fine details that are running a small business, uh, those don't come out because that's not what their mission is, their being the, the CPA and attorney. They don't do that. They counsel you on the law. They counsel you on the uh, tax, uh, uh, tax and estate type planning. They don't talk about all the mundane stuff of, of the products and how to organize yourself both in people and, and products and systems and the accounting, you know, the detail of the accounting, not just the tax preparation. All There's right. so much that goes into this. So you just jumped into one of my other lists of, uh -oh. uh, no, of, of common hurdles, Jack. I, I, you transitioned right into it, which is taking advice from the wrong advisors. Okay, that's okay? a good one. And so you know, you're giving examples of CPAs and attorneys and financial planners and insurance folks, and they are very good at, at specific items in terms of structuring a deal from a tax standpoint or creating the right corporate structure or trust when it comes to an attorney or having to kind of forecast out you know, what does that mean in terms of a, of a transaction and, and, and is that going to be enough money for the person who's selling out to be able to help fund their retirement or where does that kind of, you know, plug into that piece of it or, or, or whatever they're going to do next? Or having the right amount of life insurance or, or having it placed, you know, properly so you, you can have protection in there for, um, you know, life or disability insurance for the current and these new owners coming in. So they're they're very good at certain tasks. But, you know, what Jack's saying is we talk about where we focus on that that day-to-day -day stuff. The day-to-day, -day, how do you know and how do you transition things over? And so many folks, you know, and most owners have, uh, you know, have an accounting firm and have an attorney, often may have an insurance or financial planner. So they'll often go talk to those folks and, yeah, one of the challenges is many of those folks have trouble saying, I don't know. That may not be in their vocabulary. And they're often well-intentioned, but they aren't necessarily given the right kind of advice because they don't get involved in that day-to-day -day stuff. And, and, you know, it's something else, Adam. You know, they focus. We were just talking about focus. They don't focus on what's best for the company. They focus on what's best for their client. And what happens with that? And it's it's a noble undertaking. That's what they should be doing. But what happens if if they dominate the the, the process, it, it it's going to not make the deal sweeter Two or minutes. better or more reasonable for the other person too. The deal itself starts to get jeopardized because it's so slanted to their client. And needless negotiation and emotions and angst uh, often happen, especially when the other side has a, an attorney. So.
Yeah, I just wanted to. No, no, it ties. That's I was gonna say that, Jack. You know, we're on we're on the same wavelength, as, you know, which is usual. You know, it ties back into that first that first comment where it's gonna be focused on on the individual, and it'll come off sounding great. Hey, Jack, I'm here. I'm looking out for your best interest, Jack. I'm here to protect you. And what it does unintentionally is it drives a wedge between the two parties. We're all of a sudden now what's going to be said or talked about, I'm not going to trust it as much because I'm, I'm worried there's an angler coming at me with Jack that you know, I'm going to get screwed somehow here. I'm missing this or missing that. Because, again, it's, it's focused on an individual as opposed to the overall organization, the overall transaction. How is this really going to work kind of day-to-day? And really forming that very good partnership where, again, we're very big fans of handshakes. That's right. And, that should you know, that's, carry you a ways, but yeah, go on. Well, that's still very prevalent in small businesses, folks. You know, for those you know, those of you attorneys out there, those of you maybe in bigger corporate America, where where maybe the trust factor isn't as high. And when it comes to small business, folks, one minute handshakes are where it's at, and you know, that's the kind of partnership that that we see becomes very successful when we're talking about a transition of a business like this. You want to have the the, 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 the both sides feeling very good about what's kind of going on, knowing that they're both working towards the same end goal of having a successful long-term organization, and that's a big part of this. Well, you want to, yeah, you don't want to have high emotions when you're sitting down at the negotiating table if you can help it with the transition like this. You know, what you'd like is is an even temperament and looking out for both both sides. So, you know, I can give a little and they can give a little, and that should be the spirit of how these things come about. And, again, we're, we're assuming, well, we can assume many things. So all right, we'll, Adam. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll head to break on your, on your assumptions on here, assumption. Jack. All right, so those are a couple of the common <laughs> hurdles when it comes to, to transitioning a business. We have several more that we want to share here in the next uh, half of the show. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And I'm full of assumptions, and I'm going to let you know in the next segment <laughs> what those are. All right, stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. All right, we're back here. Rocking it out with Bob Marley, Jack. That's what you're asking who that was, Bob right? Marley. Bob Marley. Bob steel, Marley. Steel okay. drums going on. All right. It gives you a good kind of summer feel to it. Makes you feel warm inside, Jack. It does. You get now. I'm getting warmed up. The temperature in this place is uh, up two degrees. Five degrees. Five. Down. Two. Five. Hundred. It's all the hot air we got I going got on here, Jack. And it was it was a little colder. That's right. Jack wanted to cuddle before the show started. Now he's ready to go. That's right. All right. So welcome back here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are business coaches, as we have told you many times. And we deal with companies from 1 to 25 employees. Makes no difference what business they're in. We can help them. And we've helped lots of them transition from one generation to the next. That's our topic for tonight is what do you do and how do you avoid or push through some of the hurdles and false starts that are a natural part of a transition. And we touched on a couple of them in the, in the past segment. Uh, one is, is individuals being too focused on themselves. And then kind of tied into that is, is taking advice from the wrong advisors. Mm-hmm. And many of those advisors will take sides. And what we, what we uh, talk about and focus on is what's best for the organization. And if you focus on that, the individuals are part of that, but it has to kind of come together so that the organization, the company itself, is going to do well and prosper and survive and be able to help each of the individuals achieve what they're trying to achieve as part of this process. 
So those are a couple of common hurdles. Another common hurdle I kind of got listed here, Jack, we could talk about a little bit, is the next generation not being ready to take over. Oh, that's a big one as well. But uh, let me jump back just for a second to the to the lawyer and CPA. Uh, we do recommend, although it's usually not done, and that is if you're transitioning your company to a son or daughter, they should have their own lawyer involved, even though the expense is high, and or not high, but it's going to be higher, but they should have separate counsel outside of just the parent, assuming it's a parent who's transitioning. Uh, the reason is, you know, there's strong bias, there's strong emotions, as Adam has been saying with these, and to have somebody with a voice of experience throwing out ideas and, and roadblocks and things to consider um, makes sense. It's often not done, though, but it should be. It's good to offer it. If you don't, if you have somebody who's very good and qualified, they're pretty good actually playing both sides because they're going to focus on the overall piece of it. But to offer it is important. But you know, yeah, keep in mind people often when they use that term "lawyering up." That usually means you're getting ready to prepare for a battle. Right. And that, that sets the absolute wrong tone when it comes to starting this kind of discussion and, and, and laying the foundation for a successful, not only transition, but a future of the company from that standpoint. All right, so let's come back to the next generation not being ready. Or do you want to go to your assumptions, Jack? So you're full no, of assumptions. let me work right. my assumptions All right, you're working half hour. All right, so the next, next generation not being ready to take over. Now this is this is common because um, we see it a lot, and you know Jack always you, you always use the example you quote uh, Newt Gingrich. Newt uh, Gingrich. For those of you who aren't aware of Newt Gingrich, he was a uh, I don't know how many term congressman uh, he was uh, back in the nineties, eighties, nineties, maybe even going to two thousands. Uh, made a run for the presidential. Uh, he was former Speaker of the House right. and and uh, pretty pretty accomplished guy. So. He became Speaker of the House in '94, yeah, I'm something not like sure that. At the time, but yeah, early '90s, and there was an interview that you saw with him. Right, that interview basically uh, was asking and having him talk about his experience as Speaker and what's the difference between that and being on a committee or just being in the House. And he said, "Well, the big difference is," he said, "when I was just a member of the House, I could sit in the back back of the room." and lob these fire bombs, and it was pretty easy. Now that I'm a speaker, I have to receive these fire bombs, and it's altogether different. In other words, the, 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 the criticism from the, from the masses, uh, he has to deal with. And he's on one side of the, the room with the ability to throw these problems to the, to the current speaker. So throwing fire bombs is easy when you aren't the leader. It's very difficult catching him as the leader. That's kind of what he was saying. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll often make the analogy, and you know, this was a, a recent story here. Um, I took my son with me to, to, to Rotary a couple weeks ago, and we had our, our annual, what we call our four-way speech contest, where we have some high schoolers come in, and uh, we usually have somewhere some between three and five, and they'll pick whatever topic that, that, that they want to talk about, and they'll apply the Rotary four-way uh, test to that. And uh, I, I want my son to come there because again, these are these are some of his his peers, you know, the high school students. I wanted to give them a sense of what topics they're talking about because they're talking about um, some pretty heady topics from um, from social media. Is, you know, is social media good or bad, and you know, some of the downsides of of bullying and things that can happen on social media, or just the way the way people approach each other. 
versus overall you know schoolwork that's kind of going on suicide uh, drug addiction this there's some pretty heady topics and, and things that many teens are dealing with today in any case so, you know so this 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 contest got done and I had to be one of the judges for it and everything and after the after we were done I asked him I said I'd try to get his opinion on what was kind of going on he kind of as I think most probably 14 year olds will do kind of yeah you know kind of shrugged his shoulders and you know I probably could have done better than, than anybody up there kind of thing you know come back to the kind of firing the salvos of the folks who were up there standing standing naked and alone you know, they, you know, these kids weren't naked but you know what I mean they're, they're up there by right, themselves right, right. no go on they're by, by themselves <laughs> doing their thing right and we talked about the idea of being having that spotlight on you here you are alone. That's uh, that's 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 what we're talking about, talking about with with the whole Newt Gingrich story, Jack. Here he was, the speaker, versus being one of the masses. He's there alone, taking these taking these shots. These kids were up there taking the shots. When you have that next generation coming in, all of a sudden they're the ones now that they, they can't push it off, whether it be you know on mom or dad. If they, you know, hey, well, I'd like to get that done. It's a great idea, Jack. But you know, I, you know, I can't get mom to kind of do that. Um, whatever it might be. Now it's like, wait a minute. Hey, you're you're the man, so to speak. So, hey, it's your turn, and many of them start to wilt under very that quickly. pressure very, and those in that quickly. spotlight. So, how do you know? And so, we're very big. You know, you, you touched on a great word in the first the first half of the show here, Jack, in terms of presenting. And we're very big at presenting because presenting brings a lot out. And the way pe- people present, and we had a show a few weeks back. We talked about this in terms of what are some of the some of the the, the good ways to present. So if you've missed that show, I'd encourage you to go back. And uh, if you're a podcaster, go back on iTunes and take a listen to that show. Or if you're looking at, looking on WINT Radio, take a look in the archives there. But we talk about how, here are some good ways to to, to, to present when, when you're going to focus on presenting. But presenting brings a lot of that stuff to to, to the forefront, and you can get a you know, you, you know and you've seen good speakers and not so good speakers, and maybe you can't lay out and articulate why they make you feel good or, or you are able to make you move. It. You, you can, can feel, it. feel it, good and bad. You know, they, they stimulate you or they don't. Or, you know, there there's just a lot of intangibles that, that sway you and make you, you know, understand what a good and a bad speaker is, what a good presentation is. And, you know, and there's a lot of BS going on and no preparation. You know, those things come through eventually. Well, it's a way to prepare them for success. If if you know, picture a family situation where we've got maybe a couple of couple of kids taking over, and you got a couple of the of the of the parents or aunts and uncles who are involved in the business, and having those kids now present their ideas and their plans, have them present to that small group to, to start with. You know, you wouldn't necessarily throw them to the wolves, so to speak, to the, to the to the entire company on day one, but have them kind of build their confidence and kind of you know showing their chops to you first. You know, they start to build confidence in you in terms of what they're able to do and how they present and, and articulate ideas and and present what you know what's kind of going on. That helps to then build their confidence and help to kind of get them ready so they can now step in to the role. And people are never totally ready. It comes back to my osmosis comment here in the in the beginning, Jack. So many owners want to take and dump 25 years of of knowledge and experience, and they want to. Mind meld you like Mr. Spock, right? I want to take it all That's and right. I put yes. my put my hand on on your head and all that that that, that information and perspective all instantly transferred. Right, goes right to you. And there's a lot, yeah, you know that obviously doesn't happen. And a lot of the owners who are transitioning, especially to their kids, get very emotional very quickly because they don't have the experience of presenting and counseling and and you know passing along information in a calm, effective manner. So they try to to make points when something's happening, and 
it it doesn't quite fit the situation. They don't have the words. They get excited. Uh, the son or daughter gets excited, and all of a sudden there's a shutdown. And to your point before, you know things sort of stop. There's a false start. Somebody's offsides in a football metaphor here, and that's typically what happens. And things may not be called off, but they can be delayed considerably. And there's bad feelings, and you got to go through the makeup period, blah, blah, all the stuff that, that comes with an emotional outburst, all because they don't understand the process and how complicated it is. So there's going to be mistakes along the way. That's part of that process, and, and, and part of it is allowing those mistakes to happen, not ones that are going to tank the company, but it's a good learning experience for the next generation, but also for the team around them to kind of see. And part of the things we talk about too, and this is, again, one of those dirty dirty secrets we talk about, you know, the owners often have to come across, they feel they need to come across as having all of the answers. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's that, that's true on day-to-day stuff. And they the same thing here with, with, with Austin with the transition versus saying, hey, you know, this is new for us. Here's what we're, here's what we're, do- here's what we're doing. Here's our plan. And plans, like anything else, are always subject to change. But here's our plan as of today, based on what we know today. Here's our plan to kind of move things forward. And you start to kind of put, you know, goals out there or deadlines. And things take time. You know, it's rare that a transition is going to happen in, in a matter of months. Usually it's going to be several years to have it to be a smooth transition to where we like to say it should be a relative non-event when the current owner exits. That's the goal. That's that's exactly right. That's how it should be. And it does. It takes years. It takes years of planning and preparation. Uh, you just can't speed. Sometimes you can. Sometimes much of that has been done, but it's the rare situation where where the person taking over the company is prepared, well prepared to say, okay, mom, dad, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this step. And here, let me present the plan or let me, you know, uh, get with you in a sense that I can convince you that I can do this. So, so a great guiding tool for that, Jack mentioned it in, in the first half of the show, is what we coach on is our seven keys to success. Mm-hmm. It's a great framework to kind of keep in mind in terms of what stuff should that next generation be be good at presenting and talking about? So if you, if you have a chance to take a look at our website at MaximumVP.com, click on the playbook. It's the MVP playbook uh, tab, and you'll see a seven keys to success there. It's a nice little graphic you, you, you can print off and keep it there. And to give some guidance to, 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 the, to the next generation about what things that they need to kind of master and kind of work on, and if they master those seven keys, and presenting is number seven, they're going to have confidence in themselves. You're going to have confidence in them. The team around them is going to have great confidence. They're going to be able to attract great people to be part of the organization. It's going to make sure everything is very successful. It's going to, it's going to certainly increase the odds tremendously of things being successful. But recognize, again, today, most likely that, you know, the, 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 that next generation probably is not ready to take the range yet. There's a process there, and so be patient, be ready for that. And that's that's, that's uh, good wisdom, Adam, and that's, uh, that's a correct situation. What's going on now today is these uh, uh, youthful marchers against uh, guns and trying to, through the democratic process, you know, put, put influence on Congress to pass more gun laws or come up with a solution to many of these gun-related deaths. And you can see, at least I can see, in my opinion, as I watch this, this youthfulness, there's tons of energy, tons of enthusiasm, 
but not a lot of wisdom and certainly not a lot of experience about how things work. And that's okay because you, you, you don't necessarily have to learn how things work uh, just to, to use the system, but you need to do that to change the system. And experience of, of people who have been at something for decades is not to be discounted lightly. So I forgot where I'm going with this one. One minute. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh-oh. That's all right. That's kind of like when you were looking at your contacts yesterday and you were saying, wait, who is that person, right? We're, we're going through an... That's we're going right. through a transition of our our, our, own. our own transition in terms <laughs> of transitioning who our our email provider was and removing uh, names from from uh, the address book from one email provider to the other and as we're going through it's a good purging process we haven't done that in a while you know, go that through is, that is a good good process we start to gather we were we were able to cut cut it down on the thirty I said what is this person I'm like wait. I don't, I don't know, Jack. Good question. So anyway, so all right, we got one more segment left to the, left to go here. We're talking about some of the, some of the transitions uh, and some of the, the the challenges and roadblocks or false starts as part of transitions. So we have a couple more to talk about in our last segment. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter and I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We can make your company much better, guaranteed. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. All right. We're back at it here in Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter, and that's uh, Tom Petty who's singing here, Jack. Hey Tom Petty, you know that Ew. one. Hello, Adam. <laughs> what voice am I? What what language am I trying to? Do? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So, I don't know what language I was. That's right. To We're talk. having our discussions, at, you know, during the break between Bob Marley and Jacob Marley. Yeah, and, one. Uh, they both played in uh, the Christmas Carol. Right. Along grandfather with and son. Right. That's right. Or grandfather and, yeah, grandfather and grandson. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah, so we have a lot we of good. We have a lot of skip generations. We, got a lot of, we have a lot of fun here in the studio at 30 Wait Secrets a Small Adam, Business. Right? Adam just switched his computer voice from Siri to some Australian male. Yeah, my my eleven year old daughter has an English female. I saw you yeah, could change it. I saw that's cool. I looked up and you have English and you have American, English and Australian, and you can do male or female. Just those three. I I, I looked that up. Even I looked that up. And and if I was going to try, I didn't try anything though. Well, I have an older iPhone, Jack. I have an iPhone six. Maybe you have oh. more in that. You, you know, you have that seven plus. There might be might have more options in it. Yeah. And I'm sure the 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 eight and the X and whatever else is out there now, they they may have more options. But it's a it's it's. You get so used to Siri's voice, and you kind of change it up a little bit. You know, it's, it's Siri, okay. Siri has an attitude. Siri has an attitude, though, too. You got to watch. Just it. for you, I think it's a matter how you address her. It's a certain tonality <laughs> that I think she responds She'll to. She'll snap back every once in a while. You got to watch it. That's what you like I'm about looking her. Looking for Jack. respect. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about transitions here, and uh, in terms of transitioning the business, and some of the we've been highlighting some of the 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 the, the common challenges, roadblocks, false starts that can come up. We've talked just for like by way of quick review. Uh, first of all, was individuals being too focused on themselves versus the overall organization? Right. Taking advice from the wrong people when it comes to the overall piece of this versus just looking at certain parts of it. And then we talked last time about the the next generation not quite being ready to take over. And a couple other points I'd written down here, Jack, and maybe we can get into a couple of these here in our final segment. One was taking uh, or talking with too many outsiders. 
Mm, that's a good one, Adam. And there's that's a, lot. a good one. Well, there, you know, to me, this is this is uh, people hear little snippets of stuff. Hey, I got a friend who said this. Hey, you know, I I got a friend who said that, that you know they, they they sold their company and they're still getting paid today, and it's been eight years later, right? I heard this or I heard that, and so they're they're hearing little snippets of things in terms of what's kind of going on. And it's very similar to that old uh, tale about the elephant and the blind men. You know that tale, right? No, Jack? I never heard that one. All right, so they, they you know, you got, you got. <laughs> let's pick three blind men, right? And they put them by an elephant. They stick one towards the back end, and they give them the tail, hold on to the tail. One at the front end, give them the trunk, and the one at the middle, they have him kind of put their, you know, put his hands up against the side, and have each of those three blind men describe what what the elephant looks like very different right they're all t- holding on to the elephant the tail the trunk and the side but their f- their feel and their description of what the elephant looks like is very very different hmm. okay. same thing's true here hey i'm getting a snippet of a deal over here this is kind of what happened and this thing happened over here and so you're not at work because there's again come back to what we said before was that there's no set playbook here's exactly what you do for every situation that's right. Because each situation is going to be a little bit unique in terms of you've got different individuals, what they're trying to do. And there's a lot of flexibility in terms of what you want to be able to do to structure things. Well, the world is gray. In fact, we had breakfast with a client this morning <laughs> who who uh, said, no way is the world gray. It's either black or white. Very emphatic. That was during breakfast, but not when he left. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. We were, able to, we were able to wear him down, Jack, to convince him that there were some grays. He saw it. That's right. He left with a big smile on his face. We'll see. Oh, you, you bring, go on. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. You're going to, if you bring too many people to the strategy session at, you know, bring too many people to the table, it gets very confusing. Who do you use? You know, you, you want a few people, obviously, uh, to, to help you out, to think through some things. But if you have too many, and you're gathering all these opinions, well-intentioned people, you're going to walk out of there not with the best of all. You're going to end up there in a state of confusion. And you got to watch that. You really do. You need to get a couple of good advisors, stick with them. And that's where you form your strategy, and that's where you're going to have your success. It's a big deal. So it's a natural thing to want to talk to some folks and to be inquisitive. But part of what, you know, what happens, and they'll often be very well-intentioned in terms of trying to help, and they'll be willing to share their story for what they did. But that's that's their story. And what they're going to give you, again, it's going to be a small piece of it. It's going to be the tail or the trunk or the side. It's not going to be the entire elephant that, that, that they're talking to you about. And they're going to forget They're going to forget many of the details. They're going to forget to tell you that it took six years to kind of pull this thing together and make sure it happens. They're going to forget to talk about all the bumps along the way, per se. They're just going to talk about how things have worked out great and how they're really enjoying retirement and, and how that works really, really well. They're not going to talk about maybe some of the challenges. Well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm bored to tears right now. You know, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, I, I thought it'd be, it would be great to be retired. And I'm finding out that my golf game's getting worse or I'm so sick of living in hotels or condos and not being home and and you know the, the grandkids are great, but they, they they can't stand me anymore. Or you know, you know, you know, I'm sick of being a babysitter for my. I already raised my kids. You know, I want to be Jeez, raising I moved, grandkids I moved too. Moved down. I wanted to be near my grandkids, and they all moved away. <laughs> Why is that? What happened? <laughs> is right. it me or them? You right. Know? Or the weather change? Or God knows what? You know, retiring is very very difficult for most. For I I think for most people, some people take it very well, but I think it's it's difficult for most people. Like golf games or, you know, nah, golf game's a bad example. People will will say they're having a great time and this was a great move. And all that does 
is convince other people that, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, too. I'm going to move down to Florida. And outside of the sunshine, for the most part, unless you have the means substantially, I don't think that's such a good I move. But, I can't stand Florida, Jack. Yeah, and But well, it's, some it's, people love it, and they counter against that. But that's what I'm saying. They'll 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 move away from their friends, the familiarity of yep. of the uh, you know the environment that they grew up in or or worked in for thirty forty years, and you know going out and transitioning and trying to make new friends at that age and get new surroundings and new hobbies, it's not easy. So that's something that has to be talked through, and often is neglected. Yep. So, so much is neglected well, that's another, in this that's process. A, that's, another, that's the other false story I want to talk about, Jack, that the whole idea of not knowing what you're going to do next. You know, okay. If you're that current owner, you, you want right in. This is twice tonight you've done that. Go right into the next one. You're, hey, you're, yeah. You, know, you can see, I'm not showing. I'm not show, like, this no, is pad see-through. You know, I got a reflection off my chest. It is. You know, okay. really, that's, that's right. Oh, is there another camera over here I don't know about? <laughs> one behind me. All right. You're kind of looking over your shoulder. That's, but, that's, that's one of those realizations. Okay, trying to figure out you know, what's it look like when, when I'm not going in day to day you know what do i want to do and uh, you know the older i get you know i just turned 45 this year you know oh, the idea of 60 the idea the idea of 65 or 75 doesn't seem so old anymore you know <laughs> so you it know, is no go on well but again as long as you're as long as you're physically mentally capable of doing stuff you know if you aren't in a hard physical labor you know type of environment one minute you can go on and do things for for, for quite some time so all right oh, so quit the coal mining job yeah, that's all right. So, it, it, it's important to be able. It's important to be able to understand what you're going to try to do next, and 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 as part of the plan is to help make sure you you've allowed some of the time to make that happen. Give yourself a chance to try some of those things. If if you thought if you think you want to travel, spend some time traveling while you're still part of the business. If you want to volunteer more, spend some time trying to volunteer more. If you have an idea for a different kind of company, if you want to spend more time with the grandkids, give yourself a chance to try these things out over over a couple year period and see. How does it feel? How does it? How, you know, does that fit you well? See, that's that's one part of the transition that often isn't given to somebody, and, that, can, and that's why we said it takes years. If it's done well, it's going to take years. Talking about it, trying to do stuff, uh, not necessarily false starts, although that's part of it too. <clears throat> you know, you can get a lot of a lot of effort put into this process, and usually, if you do and it's done with good focus, it's going to be successful. One minute. Yes, it will. And, and again, we we got to wrap up here with our last minute. But that's you know that's a big false start because it, it can also be a false start for the the next generation of not believing it. I don't believe you're ever going to really leave, Jack. You keep saying about you know what yeah, are you going to do when we, you leave? You we know? hear that. We hear that. You're never going to pull the trigger. I've been giving you these ideas and trying to push you, but uh, I can't do it. You know, it's not easy. That's, no, it's not. That's what I want to. That's what I want to impart tonight. All right, Jack. All right, so thank you for being part of, the, again, the fastest hour in radio, fastest hour in the podcast sphere here. We, we shared a half dozen ideas about different roadblocks or, or false starts that can happen when transitioning a business, and we have lots of great shows like this every week. Thank you again for being part of the show and listening. If you want to get a hold of us when we're not here in the studio, give us an email, radio at MaximumVP.com, or give us a call, 877-849-0670. And learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be our 100th show next week, by the way, Jack. Oh, my God. All right. All Celebration. Right. That's yeah. right. Thanks. Sean, you're going to be here? Yes, he will. Ready All to right. go. All right. Thanks for listening here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com.